What's up, Speak Your Truth? I'm here with my girl, Stephanie Sapienza, a former Canadian college soccer player. Super cool person, had a lot of fun with her, a lot of fun uh, interviewing her and getting to know her before and after the interview. Grateful that we've decided to stay in touch because she is awesome. Um, proud LGBTQ+, very, 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 um, very strong and confident, which I admire a lot um, in herself and in what she does and what she is doing. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about that on this episode. Yay! Steph, I ain't even gonna say your last name. I just messed up <laughs> on my last guest's last name and it was so simple. He's American and uh, couldn't even say his last name. So I'm gonna let you introduce yourself to well, give, give, it, give it a try. Like, if you butcher it, we'll just correct it. All right. Speak your truth. We are here with Stephanie Sapienza. Yes. <laughs> Look at me, yo. I was scared. I didn't know um, because it's a lot going on. <laughs> it's But it, it, it's spelled, I mean, it, it's pronounced just how it's spelled. I was expecting it to be like a little, you know. Nah, you got it. Bad. Slayed it. Have yourself on the shoulder for that one. <laughs> Don't tell me I slay, cause look, I've been like trying to channel my inner Beyonce to you know get my confidence and my self esteem right. You know what I'm saying? So you telling me that <laughs> you done gave me all the confidence? You know what I'm saying? It gave me all the confidence. Inner Beyonce, I'm loving it. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's my girl, man. Um, <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Can't, you really can't say too much other than that. That's the queen. Beyonce do it. It's right. You don't even question it. Beyonce, you listening? <laughs> you feel me one day? Hey, one day. Yo, tell her. This ain't about me, Steph. Tell us about you. What's up, Steph? Who is Stephanie? Where, where did we start? It's from like the beginning. A whole, a whole 29 years of an open book. Let's start from zero. Who's the parents? How'd you get here? So my parents, uh, my dad's an immigrant nice. from Sicily, Italy. Uh, my mom's born in Montreal, but has her parents are immigrants from Ukraine, which is an interesting mix. Man. <laughs> this, is, this is what you get if people you are wondering what an Italian-Ukrainian look like. It's, it's this. Beautiful, man. I'm going to have to give me an uh, Italian-Ukrainian baby daddy when I'm ready to get pregnant. <laughs> Shoot, that's some beautiful kids, man. level for soccer I played at the provincial level basketball when I was younger my parents you know had me open to playing everything from track and field to tennis to badminton soccer basketball baseball softball it's like the list went on yeah. freestyle skiing as well what so some of you don't know it right <laughs> what <laughs> you're skiing that's what's yeah, up. Slopes, eh? <laughs> I gotta come up there. Listen, take me skiing. Yeah. I always wanted to go skiing. Do you snowboard? I do snowboard. Now I oh, snowboard. I don't ski boy. anymore. I had like a little bit of a an incident, and I've been off skis, and now I've just been snowboarding since. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I just do snowboarding then. <laughs> the, the joys. The joys. Man. So, so how did you get to? you know, just sticking with soccer and getting to the national level with that? I mean, at one point we had to make a decision. Like once we were playing with like the National High Performance Center, we had to pick a decision. So 
both when when I was at the provincial level for both, I was able to maintain both. But at one point, you know, you're training too much. You're training in the mornings. You're training after school. You're training after after school. You're yeah. training at night. You're playing on the weekends. You're traveling on the weekend. You know, Definitely. it was just like almost impossible to do both. I feel that. Was that a tough decision to make, like choosing between two different sports, or did you know that it was going to be soccer? I knew it was going to be soccer. I often think back to wonder what it would have been if I pursued basketball more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think basketball was more of, you know, I had like the natural vision for the game and the understanding and like the skill for it. And soccer was another one that came very naturally. It was, you know, I, I wish I could go back and push myself harder than than I did mm-hmm. but luckily I had enough natural talent that allowed me to pursue the levels that I did which I'm super grateful for but now you know you're young and you don't always want to put in the effort yeah. that you, you know normally would think back to as you're older but all that aside um, I'm more than content with uh, the career that I, I've done I'm more than satisfied with all the exposure and all the traveling I had because of soccer and met you know people from different cultures people from different ethnicities just like us able to bond mm-hmm. over the love of a sport is like something that you can't explain to someone who who doesn't play team sports you know who's not involved in understanding that like even if I haven't seen these teammates for years, like we still have each other's backs yeah. on and off the field or on and off the court. And it's like something that's so hard for people to explain. It's like something could happen to someone that I played with years ago, but it, it affects me as if I still stepped on the field with them yesterday. You know what I mean? And um, sadly, um, my soccer career ended not by choice. Mm. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was quite the toll. It took quite a toll on me and only probably in the last two years. So the injury happened about five, five years ago, five and a half mm-hmm. years ago. And, uh, the two years after that, I was doing physio, I was seeing surgeons and they kept telling me something. They're like, it's going to heal itself. It's going to heal itself. And then after that happened, it was just like, you know, two, three years since the injury, I was like, this, you know, this doesn't make sense. And like, I'm a mad girl. Like I played with a torn ACL for six months and I was just like, yeah, keep it coming. You know, like the pain tolerance, the pain tolerance was like, was never really a factor, you know, but like this injury and it was, it was an ankle injury and it was just something so, you know, dumb. It, it was something that, like, when I think back to it, it, it doesn't make sense how that slide tackle is what ended everything. Mm. All in all, surgeons, doctors, appointments, physios, I finally found a surgeon who said, yeah, your MRI and your physical abilities aren't matching. There's evidently something wrong. We're going to operate. So my operation was supposed to be in April 2020, but because of COVID, it was postponed. So I finally had my ankle reconstruction done in February. So I'm now mm-hmm. just hitting uh, five, six months post-op, which is uh, 
which is huge, but I think like the interesting factor in all this is everything that happened five years ago until now. And it took so long to actually like point the finger on, on what it was and what I was going through and it's something that I couldn't explain. And even if as, as much as I tried and like the countless nights that, you know, like I, I didn't sleep because of something that kept bothering me and like, why, 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 why? You know, I, one morning it just clicked and I was like, wow, this is like post-athlete depression. Yeah. This, this is real, you know, and it's not something I ever heard about. It's not something that's ever discussed. You know, I played in college, I played university, I played with the National Training Center, I played with the Quebec team, you know, like, mm-hmm. but it's never something that's discussed. Yeah. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And it's, like, I had put on so much weight and, like, I'm recently, like, you know, trying to get back together and, like, get my stuff back together and be as, like, active as I can, ankle permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple months ago, I actually posted a post on, on Instagram and it was just, I guess, like, a way for me to explain what I was internalizing for so long. But at the same time, to kind of share those words to be like, I know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. It's impossible that I'm alone. And the amount of feedback I got from just one simple post on Instagram that, yeah. you know, like, I'm not really, like, I'm okay on social media, mm-hmm. but I'm not, you know, posting, like, you know, my fitness every day mm-hmm. here. Like, I'm not posting, you know, those mere selfies. Like, that's not mm-hmm. me, but like, this was something that's real. Yeah. And the amount of feedback and comments and love I got back at people that I hadn't spoken to in years, all former athletes, all people I used to play with, being like, you just hit every point that I've been experiencing and every emotion that I've been experiencing for the last amount of years. And just knowing that, like, I could connect in that way with girls that I used to share the field with made made it even more realistic. And it made me realize, like, something has, something has to be done. You know, and it was really interesting, like, when you came across and everything, I was like, wow, like, you know, you're doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like you were doing like, and I, it's so funny. Cause like over the last couple of months, I've been like trying to figure out the logistics of it. And when I came across you, I was like, bam, <laughs> the queen has arrived. I'm here. Hey, look, you better stop. I'm telling you now, Beyonce must be around the corner. Cause look, <laughs> look I think that's so dope. And I'm so glad that, you know, first of all, she posted that and then you were, brave enough to to speak out i know it's not easy um at all and especially to do it so publicly and sometimes you don't know what kind of feedback you're going to get from who um you don't know who's going to see it because your page isn't private so i was able to even find you all the way in little ohio um but to to do that is so courageous so i definitely commend you and i think what's even better is that you want to do something like this to use your voice and raise awareness and share other people's stories because no, it isn't just you. It isn't just me. And I had that same feeling was like, man, like I don't want to tell nobody because I feel like it's just me. 
And then when I finally said something, there were so many people, same exact thing, um, coaches and, and athletes and um, whatever you need me to do for you to help you, you know, get started. I got you or you want to join me. We definitely talk about it. Um, I think that's really dope of you to, to want to do that. Um, when you received that type of feedback, were you surprised at all? And how did that make you feel? You know, I think it becomes like a mixed, a mixed emotion, you know, like okay. as athletes, you know, we play in front of thousands of people, mm-hmm. you know, we're used to that type of attention in a way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like big crowds don't really phase us. Right. Mm-hmm. But receiving that much love and interest in the topic was something that I, I couldn't believe. Yeah. So something that I couldn't. I couldn't believe, you know, yeah. and it's, it, it was, honestly, in my mind, it was just pure insanity of, wow, like, and I had messages from people who, you know, if you ever listen to this, the people who it is, and we've made amends, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, you know, people who used, people who used to bully me, yeah. who I thought were big and tough, people, you know, who were quiet, people who were outgoing, and it was just, every single type of player athlete person that I've ever played with. And it was, it touched every single one of us. And to know that we were all experiencing these types of emotion from a young age to to a later age. And it was not discussed. I was mind blown. And I was like, wow, like to believe that, you know, like for us, like I started playing with the national training center here on our side when I was, 1314. Wow. You know, at 1314, I was going to school from 8 to 12, and then we were training from 1 until 11 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? So it's to believe that girls that I was doing that with every day were experiencing the same type of emotions. And it's like any sport brings some type of, I'm going to use the word mental abuse. But not necessarily that it's coaches' intentions, but it's just everything that adds together. Mm-hmm. As you know, like, we go to school. We have, you know, potentially issues at home. We have potentially personal issues. Example, being a lesbian athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, we have things going on, like, you know, didn't sleep well, didn't this, our periods, like everything. Mm-hmm. And then just to push us and push us and push us and push us and not necessarily give us those breaks we needed or our bodies needed or our minds needed or any of that was something that was kind of looked down upon. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I was reading like a research paper um, couple weeks ago and it was basically stating how when female athletes are going through their menstrual cycle they actually shouldn't be performing any type of physical activity because that's when the majority of our injuries happen wow so i was like wow like if that's considered and when i think back to it my two biggest injuries i was in my menstrual cycle so it's crazy and like i had like a conversation with like a couple other teammates who had acl surgeries or had any reconstructions and all of our injuries happen while we're on our periods, you know? 
Wow. Like to bounce back, like things like that, and it's like there's always that rush, rush back to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, well, like are you ready? Are you playing? Or like you know, are you benched? And it's like, you know, you don't want to disappoint your team. You don't want to disappoint your coach. You don't want to disappoint yourself. So you push yourselves into situations where your body's like exactly take a break like you know like i think back we were training in the mornings before we were going for morning runs we had you know weight training we had cardio training we would occasionally have yoga we had on-field training tactical training you know like all of that in one day you know and it, it it's crazy to think back to that mm. and like i always wonder like if i knew what my body would feel like now, would I still have done it? And it's like a question that I have not answered yet. It's a question that I think about every day, but like the stars aren't aligning in what athletes need at amateur levels or even just certain discussions that should be held that aren't being held. Definitely. Why do you think that one why do you think that as teammates we don't talk to each other because i ran into that same issue also where we all were kind of experiencing the same things or even my teammates maybe saw me experiencing things but never we never nobody said anything and also why aren't we as now like i don't know if you're coaching or anything but i was and you know as coaches and, and trainers why aren't we having that discussion yet still because it remains in a space of unknown and it's not a norm it's not it's still something that's looked down upon you know like it's not a topic that people have and it ends on a positive note Mm -hmm. it's a topic that people have and it ends up well you're you're not strong enough you're you you can't perform if this is how you're feeling well, on the contrary, I think if once I finally open up about it, I'm free. You know, I don't have that weight holding me back anymore or that fear of, you know, something pulling me down. I'm I'm liberated, you know, and I think I think deep down coaches want to have these conversations, but one, don't have the training to, don't know how to, and are scared to and I think like you know if we think back to some of the relationships we may have had with former coaches you know where they're like our best friends those relationships with coaches don't exist anymore because of you know all everything around sexual assault everything around you know that type of thing and it, exactly. it, it's crazy because like I've had you know coaches that we went to nationals with we won nationals amazing group of girls best memories and our coach we were 16 at the time we had coaches who were only 25 wow but they brought us to be national champions and you know they were our best friends we you know would all watch movies in the same room and that wasn't weird but if you look at athletes now I don't even think the coaches could be on the same floor. You know what I mean? So it's our world takes steps forwards, but also by doing that, we take steps back and it's not 
yes, there are some coaches who abuse their power and stuff and things, but it's not all coaches, you know, and I think a lot of athletes prefer to know that their coach is their best friend and their coach is there to listen than already creating a bigger boundary between the two where that's someone we spend the most of our time with. If that person doesn't know me better than I know myself, then we're not going to win. You know, we're not going to win. We're not going to succeed. We're not going to, you know, build together because we're already creating that wall between a coach athlete relationship. It's like a two ended sword, you know, in any situation, some people could be listening to this and be like, Oh my God, no. Other other people could be listening and be like, yeah, well, you know what? The coaches that we've had the best personal relationships are the coaches during the seasons we've had either the most success the most fun, or were the most confident. Yes. I agree. It's crazy how, you know, to, to look at that and, and whatnot, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I think there's just not enough open discussion worldwide still about mental health, about LGBTQ plus athletes, about any of that. It's still, sure, we're in the 21st century, but there's still those boundaries. There's still the, well, I don't know how to have this discussion because I don't really know the pronouns to use or the terms to use or, you know, sure, I could talk about mental health, but, like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, a, you know, a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not trained for that, you know? But it's not even about that. Like, sometimes it's just knowing that someone's just there to listen, you know? Exactly. I, I agree 100%. So speaking of being an LGBTQ athlete, can you talk about your coming out story and did did that specifically or just being LGBTQ um, in general affect your mental health? I came out at, at a young age and family-wise, I am, you know, I'm blessed beyond, beyond, beyond blessed to have my parents and have such accepting parents and my parents always stood by me and supported me and I'm forever thankful because I know people who in that sense didn't have it easy. Mm -hmm. In terms of um, being an LGBTQ athlete and coming out at 16, 17, while playing at a high level, being surrounded by, you know, we were 30, 40 girls training together every day, mm-hmm. you know, so we were basically, it's the best of the province that we're practicing together every day for uh, opportunities with the national team. So when the national team needs players, they come look through us. Okay. Like we're basically the athlete bank. So, you know, I was playing with girls, we were aging from the ages of 13 to... 17, 18, 19, 20. So that's like a, a fairly big gap. And I came out um, when I was 16, 17. I mean, we all kind of, I want I want to say we all kind of experience this when we come out, but people always know that we're gay before we know we're gay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and like I was always, you know, my parents raised me as an open book. My parents raised me as someone to just, you know, be honest and kind of just say it how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it plays against me, 
but ultimately, you know, I think it's like a, a good trait to have in terms of, you know, just kind of staying true to yourself and staying honest. So long story short, coming out, I had a, a boyfriend prior and he was super, super supportive and, you know, kind of said, you know what, if that's, if that's how you feel, like explore it. And then, you know, separation happened between us because of like distance and so what. But um, anyways, long story short, um, my first partner was actually someone that I used to play against during mm-hmm. um, our club, our club games, like our normal season games. And uh, knowing you, um, it was simple like that at first because no one knew. And then when we'd play against each other, you know, our parents would drive off and then we'd re-meet together and we'd go in each other's car and then we'd go to whatever house we were going to. So that was uh, all fun and all, you know, great first partner, very like helped me kind of come out and like express myself how I wanted to, you know, really push me to be like, you know, this is who you are. Like you shouldn't be afraid, you know, just be you. And you know, the people who will accept you deserve to be in your life and the people who don't accept you don't deserve it. Um, Luckily, my first partner is still someone in my life, and I'm forever thankful for her and, you know, the friendship that we have now, 16 years later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so once people started finding out, it was it was really brutal. Like, I, I it was really something that I struggled with. Um, coaches never had that conversation with me to see if I needed something. And, I mean, this is also, like, I'm 29 now, so let's do the math. 16 is quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, it's it, it's crazy because I look back to it now, and I've had coaches that I who coached me. The cats are playing. It's okay. They can be on the show if they want. <laughs> uh, you know, like it, it's crazy because like I've had coaches come back to me years later and be like, "Hey, like you know, like I'm." I'm thinking back to it now, like, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't there for you when you needed it, you know, and still now, you know, we'll bring up the point, like, you know, um, I still don't really know what I could have done or said, like, I still don't know, you know, I'm not fully there yet, you know, to be that support, but like, I'm trying, like, it's more of a discussion now, um, which is great. And I'm super thankful for those conversations too. But, you know, yes, it's, it's nice to hear that now, but when you hear these conversations, it only makes you remember everything that happened. Right. And it's like stupid comments too, like that you'd think of now and like someone would say it and you just keep walking, you know? And, um, basically I think all the teammates that I, played with now that I played with then now are okay I think because the discussions are had we've all grown up but then again at 16 17 years old you know mm-hmm. in your mind I think what's the only thing that's going through your mind is popularity is this is to be liked by everyone is to do this is to do that is to you know it's not necessarily thinking someone's feeling someone's this how are they you know it's not the conversations that people are having um, I was bullied a lot for being a lesbian athlete. I was also the only one on my team at that time too. 
um, once I came out a couple of years later, other girls that I played with came out, which was really nice. But at the same time, two of the girls who came out were also part of the girls who kind of bullied me mm. in that, right? So we know, we know the vicious circle, the denial, we understand that. Um, but it's just sad because people, like when I speak about coming out then, and I have that discussion in the present time, people are like, oh, well, it must have not been that, that hard. And I'm like, it, this is 13 years ago. This is, this isn't today. If I came out today, that'd be a whole different story, but I'd be judged for coming out at 29 years old. Yep. It's going to be judged all the way, right? Exactly. You know, and it's, at the end of the day, like I started telling myself and it's a lot of like personal growth too. And like, I lost friends because of it. I had friends that I lost who came back and back and kind of like woke up and were like, yeah, you know, I was, I was wrong. Like, I don't know why I act like that. Like, I'm terribly sorry. Like, you know, I, I, I could, I could admit where I was wrong, you know, and those are great conversations that I've had with some people, but it, it, it's sad because people have been around forever yeah. and we will be around forever like you can't get rid of us we're not a sickness we're not aliens we're not robots like we're, we're just we're human and mm -hmm. what we do behind closed doors and who we love should one never affect us as an athlete should never affect us as a coach should never affect anyone's lifestyle because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter it's our own personal decision and you know it, it it who i love didn't change me as an athlete exactly it didn't change you know my goal scoring records it didn't change any of that you know and with my club team it was a lot easier but like university i i was and this is 20 20 2012 2012 okay I could not believe that that type of behavior was happening. I had the worst experience playing college. Wow. Uh, university soccer as, as an LGBTQ athlete. Why? Terrible. What happened? You know the classic, like, oh my God, you're looking at me in the locker room? Oh, come on. And then you have to literally... I used to go change in, in like a bathroom and I'd come in when I was ready just to avoid all of that because there was girls that I played with who were very self-conceited and you know I remember kind of looking up one day and saying do you really think you're my type <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part was throughout that time like I had a partner you know yeah. but like no one it was so clicky that as a first year being the same, like our school system's a little interesting because I went to, I went to like, I did all my education in Quebec, the province that I live in, Okay. but I went, I went to university in a different province, Okay. but basically like our high school goes until grade 11 and then in Ontario high school goes until grade 12. Hmm. So basically that kind of already adds an age, but then, once they finish grade 12 in Ontario, they go straight to university. Okay. But for us in Quebec, which is the only province that does this, we go to college. So we do like a two, three years. It's like a pre-university. Hmm. So you specialize in like social science, health sciences, 
um, police academy, there's like paramedics, like we have pre-university programs like nursing that it's, it's basically like an in-between that allows you the opportunity to kind of choose what you want to do before you make an investment in going into university. So because of that, it already creates like an age gap difference. So when I was coming in with first years, they were like 17, but I was 21. Hmm. So I had to hang out with 17 year olds, even if I was the same age as third years. Yeah. So it made it like really awkward. And then I lived with fourth years. So it was like, I was in like a really weird situation. The girls that I lived with uh, were aware of it, but there was other girls like in second and third year who I guess had like, don't know what a lesbian is. <laughs> what? Like, and you're in university, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I was so shocked about, but. That's anyways. when you experiment anyway. Supposed like, to. <laughs> you know. Man. Big years. You feel me? Big years, like, you know, but anyways, um, it, it, it was really, it was really like, I had never seen myself get angry at that. And yeah. it's the first time, like, I'm very good at, you know, people say things and I just keep walking and I laugh. Like, I'm always laughing. I'm always, you know, joking around on stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't know if I was on my period that day. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Yeah, we gonna blame it all on the period from now on. Legit. Injuries, moods, for real. <laughs> cramps, everything. <laughs> Having to do, you know, long distance running. Uh, I got my period. You feel me? Frequent <laughs> intervals, long distance, not my thing. <laughs> hey, I'm already knowing. I'm with you on that. <laughs> but you know, and I just, I couldn't believe that someone, twenty-three years old, can make that comment where are your eyes looking and I said I was tying my shoe but do you really think you're my type and like I had never seen myself react like that and it was just like traumatizing for me wow it was traumatizing like what I, I, I couldn't believe it you know like and besides yeah. that like you know, I, I hear other people's stories and like, I have friends who have gone through like way worse mm -hmm. and I consider myself to have it, have had it really easy, but I think it's also based on like how I am and how I can brush things off very easily. But man, that day I was not happy. I believe it, man. Not happy. I just let, let's just say warm up that game was not a, was not a friendly one. <laughs> man, look, I already know. Cause that's like one of the most frustrating things for me being gay is women thinking you like them. No, at the end of the day, I'm still a woman. So if I want to say, oh girl, you're so pretty or you look good, I like your outfit. That's not necessarily me being gay. That's me being nice. <laughs> like, exactly. yeah, that's so annoying. Yeah, like damn, can't even be nice. And then with men, it's the same thing. It's like, they don't know how to take that either. So I can't even compliment them. Like I like compliment men. If you smell good, you look good, your hair cut. I might be saying it because I get my hair cut too. Shit, I might want to get the same haircut as you. Like, just take a fucking compliment and leave it at that. It doesn't mean that I want to have sex with you. Um, and my biggest thing, I think, is like men especially, no matter when they start watching it, they'll watch two women have sex on porn or they'll fantasize about it. They'll watch threesomes. 
but we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it in real life on our own. You know what I'm saying? They just have to be in control. So that's all it is. And I really don't care because I'm keep doing it. Uh, and I didn't wake up and just say, oh, I'm going to be gay. Why the fuck would I wake up and just say that when I know that, like you said, they treat you so bad? But I'm glad. Putting a target on her back. You feel me? Like I just, I just want to be the, the the most hated person. I'm already a woman. I'm already black. Let me just go ahead and be gay too. You know what I'm saying? I'm already dark skin. Let me just go ahead and be gay too. Like what the hell? But I don't know. I I didn't wake up and and you know, want to be like this, but I can't say I'm glad for so many reasons that I am gay. Women are amazing. I love being a woman. I love women and also men. Dumb man, I can't. I can't say. I don't know what else to say. Just like ain't nothing, ain't too much going on up there. I can't. I can't deal with it. They look too slow. Rest assured, like my best friends are men. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like I love men, but I can't stand them. I can't stand them. Love them, but can't stand them. Now they just I think, do you something. Know, at the end of the day, like I, I really hope that we get to a point in society where it doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, like, my fiancé and I, we recently just got engaged a couple months ago. Congrats, yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank yes. you. Can I be the flower girl? Look, I've been begging people to be somebody's flower girl. Okay. You want to you wanna do the wedding? You can do the wedding. <laughs> Now, I don't know about like doing it, doing it. I need to throw a couple flowers and take my seat. You feel me? That's throw, it. Throw them a little harder on the men. I got <laughs> you. I'm about to say I might throw something else in there. <laughs> Put something else in there for them. Now I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice. Look, I love men. I really do. I think um, it's just that because I am so comfortable being me and expressing myself as me they don't know how to take that i'm i'm not flirting with you i'm just really really nice and i'm not afraid to say what's on my mind um but and, it's and, honesty you know yeah, what I mean? but, like it's not because you compliment someone that you're you know pursuing them exactly i remember somebody a, a, another fellow lesbian told me that um I never thought about this that men when they look at you the first thing they think about is can they fuck you and then after that you know that's how they treat you so that is my only issue is like you know treat me how you would treat anybody else no you wasn't gonna fuck me anyway even if I was straight like who do you think you are <laughs> like that's my whole thing who are you that you thought you was gonna get some of this but like you know just treat me like a regular person like you ain't gotta treat me you know so special like you said we don't have a damn disease like I'm not Queen Elizabeth just treat me like a regular person and leave it at that um the stairs get very annoying especially from men like just say what's on your mind whatever it is I'm not gonna bite I might punch you in the face depending on what you say, but like, just say what you mean. I don't like being stared at. So I think that's my thing with men. Uh, and then also because they don't like being talked back to. So we got something to say. We always are bitches or we want to be, well, for me personally, I want to be a man or, you know, all this stuff. Why can't I just be a woman who stands up for myself? That's my yeah. whole thing with men. You know, but, I think it's, I think that we always come down to, to the same thing. And I think there's still a lot of stigma. I think the stigma is even worse towards male straight athletes. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because we're around them more, but it's crazy how like these stigmas exist that, you know, gay people are sexual predators. Right. Right. You know, and then they're 
there's the whole stigma around straight male athletes that they're unbeatable, unstoppable. But then again, you know what I mean? Like we, I don't want to generalize that because some of the best guys that I've met are also athletes, you know, they do a lot of social work and you know, they're, they're really involved, but it's just, it just comes down to education. Yeah. And I find our education system is so backwards. Yes. Even up there in Canada? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? You know, like, I don't know why in school, you know, kids aren't learning how to save money to buy a house, how to do their taxes, or at least how to prepare for their taxes, mm-hmm. or, you know, how to budget properly, how to, you know, how to identify just who you are, how to be accepting, like, the basis of humans Mm -hmm. like if we taught kids you know and it's not teaching kids like oh you know this person's a woman of color or this person you know identifies as a trans male or this person you know we're just humans at the end of the day Mm -hmm. exactly that's all that matters exactly people the way you want to be treated and it's simple People have their different preferences. We accept their different preferences. You know, and yes, it's important to understand, you know, queer, lesbian, gay, straight, bisexual, Mm -hmm. but sometimes too, you know, just accepting a human for, you know, who they are Mm -hmm. goes a lot further. And it's my brother, my brother is also, is also gay. Wow. Genetics. You feel me? That's crazy. Um, he, we have a six and a half, uh, year age gap. Okay. So when I came out, you know, as, as, as gay, he was really happy. But again, yeah. it was very evident because he played with the Barbies. I played with the GI Joes and the Tonka trucks. <laughs> and I swear when I, when I realized that Barbies heads can come off, that triggered a lot of arguments. I bet. <laughs> on the Barbies like he's super artistic like has what? this beautiful eye for art and I used to come with the trucks and go <gasps> you are horrible yeah I definitely I definitely <laughs> had my fun in my own way but all that all that to say I remember before I was even out and about about you know who I am now I, I remember something my brother said to me stuck with me and it something that I repeat forever and always now because it's so real. It is so real. He said, Steph, I hope when you're older, you'll love someone for what's in between their ears and not their legs. Mm. And that hits. That hits. And I, I could never unhear it. I can never un- like unsee where we were, when he told me that, what we were doing, what I was wearing, what he was wearing, you know, the sky color, like it's all a perfect picture in, in my in my mind. Wow. And it, it's crazy because like, why doesn't that apply to everyone? It why does. Why can't we just accept people based on, you know, everything inside of them, everything they're built up, their flaws, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, you know, what what breaks them, what makes them, what they enjoy, what they, you know, what they don't enjoy. Like, why, why don't we focus on that? 
rather than having to label everything. Like our society is just about labeling everything. Yes. You know, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy. I think it's mostly because, you know, that's how we judge ourselves. That's how we are taught to judge ourselves by what we look like. Um, and there are too many people who are afraid to have the types of conversations that we're having, but these are game-changing conversations right here. They're fun. Yeah, exactly. And real, very authentic, you know, very, very fun. Um, before we get off of here, is there any advice that you have? Hmm, let me ask you this. What advice would you give your 16, 17-year-old self who is about to come out? At the end of the day, you will always have one person, that one person is yourself. People will come and go throughout your entire life. People will come and go in different moments of, you know, critical moments, positive moments. Faces will change, memories will fade, habits will go, new habits will come. And I think, you know, like, just as a society now, like, just we don't emphasize enough to love who you are and be confident with who you are and then the rest everything will just make its path you know and the stars will align at one point you know there will be lights at the end of the tunnels and as an lgbtq athlete like it doesn't change how you are as a player it doesn't affect your skill your capabilities you know, will it affect your performance? 100%. But only if you let it. I think yeah. it's just the importance of self-love. Yeah. Self-love. Such I like love a simple, it. A simple word, but the most powerful word, word you could think of is just loving yourself and accepting yourself for who you are and, like, the path that life will put you on is, you know, you just got to figure it out. A perfect life wouldn't be a good life. Mm. You know, it's the obstacles and, you know, the ups and downs that bring you to your happy ending. Damn, Steph. <laughs> Damn! <Woo! laughs> that was deep. You made me forget. I'm about to ask you something else. Damn, that was so deep. Just for you. Hey, look, I'm going I'm to go back and watch this and write all that down. I got space. I got a lot of space on my back to get tatted. So that's going to be my back tat. Yeah. Man, you so dope. I want to be like you when I, when I turn 29. I turn 29 in like two and a half weeks. So Ooh. I want to be like Steph. I know I'm growing up, man. Growing up out here in these streets. Yeah, Virgo, you know. Young Virgo. Virgos are the best. I get along with Virgos. What are you? Gemini. No comment. Steph, Sapienza, y'all. <laughs> hey, we getting along now, so hopefully we keep it like this. But I want to say no comment, because Gemini, yeah. Steph, Sapienza, huh? We just finished talking about how you have to accept people for who they are. You don't, ha you can accept it, you ain't got to put up with it, though. Hey, no one says that's the traits I display. See, look, no, you just, you just snap. you just went Kanye on me, you just went from smiling. You like, 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 you like, you like 
that switch, eh? I was about to say the Italian just came all the way up out of you. It took a lot of emotion to like try and keep a straight face. <laughs> so you worse than me. You can't keep a straight face. <laughs> it ain't just me. Steph, <laughs> is there anything you want to say to the audience before we get up off of you? Thanks for listening and yeah. uh, hope to be able to talk to everyone again soon. This is awesome. Of course. Always down to do part twos. Always down. Part two, three, four, seven, whatever you want to do. Hey, this could last a lifetime. Now, look, I can't podcast forever. I got other stuff I got to do in my life now. <laughs> I can't do this forever. <laughs> you can take it over. Shit, you can do it. Yeah. Amazing. No. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you. Recording stop. your truth thank you for tuning in i hope you enjoyed today's episode please take a look at today's show notes for any questions you may have and more information on today's guests if there's anything that i did not answer you know where to find me